Podcast, Decolonizing Latinx Health and Reclaiming Traditional Healing. I'm your host, Francisca Porches Coronado. This podcast is a project of Mi Gente in collaboration with Resilient Strategies. Bienvenidos a la Cura Podcast, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Today we're in conversation about the healing powers of flowers. Um, los poderes curativos de las flores. Um, and to give you a little context, um, the healing properties of flowers have been known of and used for thousands of years across the indigenous cultures of the world. This healing tradition dates back at least 3,000 years to the Egyptian peoples. According to different sources, the Egyptians collected dew from the flowers to treat emotional imbalances. In more recent history, English doctor Edward Bach, who died in 1936, is now the most well-known for flower essence tinctures that can be found at natural health food stores and even big chain stores. So he is the most sort of commercialized version of this very ancient healing tradition. Dr. Bach, frustrated with his career in medicine, decided to look for a more holistic approach and researched um, flower essence medicine, essentially. He said the following about flower medicine, quote, to raise our vibrations and open up our channels for the reception of our spiritual self, to flood our natures with the particular virtues and to wash out from us the faults which were causing them. They are able, like beautiful music or any glorious uplifting thing, which gives us inspiration to raise our very natures and bring us near to ourselves. And by that very act to bring us peace and relieve our suffering. The cure not by attacking disease, but by flooding our bodies with beautiful vibrations to a higher nature, in the presence of which disease melts as snow in the sunshine. So today, more of us have adopted flower essence as part of our health life ritual. We will be speaking to my friend, fellow comrade, in the struggle and flower essence medicine maker, Guadalupe Rocio Chavez. And um, I want to tell you a little bit more about who Guadalupe is. Guadalupe is a queer abolitionist healer, parent, and earth steward. Guadalupe has an MA in clinical psychology with an emphasis in social liberation psychology. She is the director of healing and wellness at Dignity and Power Now. In this role, her goal is to lead healing justice work that honors the legacies of resiliency of queer, trans, non-binary, poor, Black, Latinx, disabled, and other brown communities. Guadalupe has been an apprentice of Queen Hollands at the Earth Lodge Center for Transformation in Long Beach, California, since 2011. Agua Dulce Healing is her private practice where she sees clients one-on-one -on -one and brings together her commitment to sharing the healing power of Mother Earth, the elements, and the flowers. So welcome to our show, Guadalupe. It's an honor to have you. Um, Guadalupe and I have known each other 
For sure, since we were both um, pregnant <laughs> with our five-year-old, we were born in the same month, the same year, near the same cities. And since then, we built with each other politically and is one of the people that I probably have the most in common with in this work that I've been in of social justice and prison abolition politics. We, you know, we're going to talk today about your flower essence making and your, your healing gifts, but I would love for you to tell us a little bit about some of the really exciting breakthroughs that you've been having in Los Angeles. Um, Guadalupe, as I said, works for Dignity Empower Now. It's an organization that I was actually actively involved in, um, in founding many years ago. Um, I can't take credit for more than that because um, I then moved to, to Phoenix, Arizona shortly after. But um, I would love to hear some of the really significant breakthroughs that are happening right now. You're in the midst of it. You can tell us a little bit about that. So most recently this past week, uh, Dignity and Power Now, as an anchor to the Justice Ally campaign, has achieved something that we didn't think was possible. Um, we have worked with the Board of Supervisors that have a lot of say and a lot of power over the expansion of the jail plan in Los Angeles. There's two jails that are in the works, basically, and our organization, along with our partners, have been fighting a hard fight to, to stop the, the jail expansion. And so this week, we have successfully halted the Miraloma plan, which is the women's jail. Um, it, you know, the Board of Supervisors have gone from talking about it as a women's uh, college campus to, uh, you know, a healing place for women, a rehabilitation, and all these words that actually don't uh, coincide and, and don't make any sense when you put jail and college or jail and, and rehabilitation is actually, um, that's, that's untrue statements. And so there's been a halt uh, for that, that jail plan and it's, it's a huge success. Um, I think uh, there's a couple of reasons why we wanna stop the, the specifically the women's jail. One, it's uh, the, the place, the land that they wanna create, the, that they wanna build the jail on is toxic land. Um, so we can't put our women, our uh, family members on this land. And also uh, the fact that it's more than a couple hours away from the center of Los Angeles makes it pretty impossible for folks to go and visit their, their loved ones. As it is, women historically get visited less than men in jail. And so for us to put women further away, it really... It's it's a breaking of of families um, even more. So uh, yeah, it's a huge success. Yeah, and um, congratulations. Um, really excited. We're gonna be following how that goes over the next couple weeks, over the next few months. But I just wanted to honor um, some of the work that you're doing and and your peers and allies in Los Angeles because it's not easy in these times to be able to be back jail and prison expansion and, and our people's incarceration. And I know that this is deeply tied to the healing work that you do on a daily basis and what sort of motivates you. So to take a little step back, and we'll go, we'll definitely go into that a little later, 
I wanted to ask you um, a little bit about yourself. Um, so we, we know that you um, are, you know, somewhat of a superhero in LA and are fighting our people's incarceration. But tell us a little bit about how you ended up going into healing work. I migrated to Los Angeles a little bit before I was four years old. And when we moved to East Los Angeles, uh, the city terrace neighborhood where I grew up in, I remember as a young child seeing my mother's apothecary and growing up with her this, you know, her, her manzanilla, her linden, you know, her siete azares, like just knowing that uh, I come from a lineage of knowing that plants and flowers heal uh, my family was, I think, the first uh, memory I have of using uh, and being connected to the earth. Um, because of my mother's Catholicism, uh, I didn't grow up understanding that plants had a spirit and that this is the act that the spirit of the of the flowers, the spirit of the plants is actually what is working with our own spirit and our body to realign ourselves. And so as an adult, I met Queen at the Earth Lodge Center for Transformation in Long Beach. And when I met her within a year of knowing her, she looked at me and she said, you're a flower doctor. And I said, what? <laughs> what do you mean I'm a flower doctor? I don't even know what that means. And I think that's the power of, of elders, right, of having older folks in our lives be able to see beyond what we see and being able to name our potential or our purpose a little bit more clear than maybe at that time in my mid-20s understood. And so as she uh, and I worked together, um, I really started to focus on anything having to do with flowers specifically, and and most recently also expanding my practice to other plants. Although most plants have, you know, they all have flowers. So uh, it's, it's, I'm at a point where I'm, you know, understanding that the trees and the bushes, you know, and, and the, just everything, all the flowers everywhere, not just the rose or the calla lily, um, which I'm most familiar with. So The flower essences are, are used for spiritual and emotional diseases, right? This harmony in our bodies, uh, the, the flowers help to bring back that, that balance. And with Queen, I will say that what I have learned is that the earth heals everything if we let her. So through the study and work with the elements, the air, fire, water, earth, I learned that healing is possible no matter what. In the summer, we do it every other week. So it's a pretty intense series um, where we're outside of each L.A. County jail. And then during the year, we do months. Uh, we work with families that have had their loved ones killed inside of the jail. So to bring the flowers and their healing properties is magical. Um, and I have seen the power of the flowers uh, working with our families. We do this in a couple of ways. We have 
family meetings, monthly family meetings where folks um, are learning about healing arts, including the, the flowers and the plants. Um, we have uh, a series called the Freedom Harvest, which is an art culture wellness pop-up outside LA County jails. And we do this in the summer, we do it every other week. So it's a pretty intense series um, where we're outside of each LA County jail. And then during the year, we do monthly Freedom Harvest. We also have wellness clinics, which are larger scale clinics dedicated to uplifting and feeding the resilience of our communities. And we host these at different uh, local organizations. And this year we want to do one uh, in Watts at a park. So we just want to expand the accessibility of the clinics. Uh, the last thing I'll mention in terms of my own work is my private practice, Awadulce Healing, where I see folks one-on-one. -on -one. It's a combination of talk therapy, body awareness, so understanding where trauma is stored in our bodies, and plant medicine. And so with, with the flowers, I'm able to help create um, individual uh, healing plans with with each person that I work with and really understanding where trauma is being stored in their body and I do this through the talk therapy and the plant medicine and and it ends up being a really beautiful path for each person really individualized um, work that we do together well it's really powerful work I I feel like I have a lot of questions because um, I'm beginning to learn about the power of plants in general, and you're right, plants, a lot of them have flowers, and I feel like the flowers aren't the thing that gets often talked about. Um, I'm curious, when you were told by your elder, you're a flower doctor, um, and that was, I don't want to out your age, but probably a good 10 years ago, right? <laughs> um, how... This, is it really clear to you now? Like, do you feel like you've, you're now like fully stepped into the role of flower doctor? And can you describe a little bit to us just to kind of like break down some of the basics for people that might be listening who are very unfamiliar um, with this particular healing modality that's so ancient? What is a flower doctor? So first of all, how flower essences are made is powerful. We bring together the flower, the alchemy of water, which we know is a conduit that creates life, and the powerful source of love and warmth of the sun. So these three ingredients together alone have the power to heal our emotional patterns in a way that sometimes years of talk therapy just can't. So the medicine is made by placing the flowers in a bowl of water under the sun for four to eight hours. You know, every uh, medicine maker will tell you something different because each person has a different relationship with their with their plants, right? So um, in no way do I consider the way that I make medicine in a hierarchy with other folks. I'm just going to share with you what I do and what I believe and what I have come to, right? So once the medicine has been brewing, right, like a tea under the sun for these hours, you drain it or you strain it, then you add either brandy or distilled white vinegar as your preservative, and it's a 50-50 solution. This is called your mother essence. From here, then you dilute it to make your stock and dosage bottles, which I'm not going to go into at this, at this point. The, the tea has been brewing under the sun, right? And the sun is the element of fire. 
right? The water is obviously the element of water. Then you have the air also working its magic. And then the earth, which, you know, is the, the flower is a byproduct of the earth, right? It's a, it's a little baby, if you want to call it that. Um, it's the fruit of the earth. So the the way that this is made to me is, is like, wow, just how how can we as human beings mirror this magic of making this flower essence, right? How do we balance or come into balance with ourselves and our spirit? Um, some will say our ori, our, our heart, um, our womb, right? Those are that those of us that have that carry wombs, right? So just how do we come into balance? The way that this flower essence is made to me is one of the ways that we can mirror that um, in our in our own selves. Um, through my own healing journey with Queen as my fierce maestra, my you know she has been a, a parent at, at some you know at moments. Um, she's been definitely my elder, um, a huge supporter. And I'm so grateful, you know, that I, that I found her because <clears throat> as a queer person, um, I was definitely, I went through periods and I still go through periods where my family, my blood family doesn't talk to me. And so to find a fierce woman warrior, you know, as my maestra uh, has really one, you know, has served us to, to be one of the most healing things that has been gifted to me, right? And then for her to say, hey, you're a flower doctor, it's it's something that I am living up to, to be honest. Um, and again, it's that power of having an elder say, hey, you have the potential to heal. And because of their age, because of their knowledge, we start to believe them. We start to say, wow, maybe I can heal. Maybe I can heal the grief that I carry um, from maybe not co- not being connected to my own mother, maybe I can heal the grief um, that I inherited that she carried from her mother, right? And so the flowers have this powerful magic that we can intake into our bodies, and this this essence really begins to rework the psychological and the emotional patterns. So let's say I struggle with uh, melancholy. That's actually something I have struggled with a lot in my life, right? So if I wake up every morning and I feel this tugging at my heart, the use of the flower essence for a dedicated amount of time can actually shift, begin to break down that emotional pattern and that emotional relationship I have to the melancholy. Because a lot of times what that's what ends up happening, right? We have a sadness, we have a grief, we have some sort of feeling that we end up in a relationship with. And the essence is that uh, kind of the doula or the midwife, you want to call it, to help you birth a new relationship with that, with that emotional pattern. I'm not sure if that's making sense, but that's one way that I look at it. It does. It does make sense. And I'm also curious, like, let's take your example, as you said, that flower essences um, have, have helped you in your healing journey. So melancholy. Curious, um, since you're on this path as a medicine maker, what is there a particular flower 
um, that is used for melancholy that it sounds like you've developed pretty much a very close relationship with the flower of flowers that make up this tincture essence that has helped you with melancholy. I'm curious to hear a little bit more about that. We have a flower essence that I put together and it has uh, borage flower, rose flower, and yarrow flower. And I um, bring these together for me uh, and taking it uh, in a committed way. And, and what I mean by committed is that a lot of times, you know, we have a physical ailment. Oh, I have a headache. We take a Tylenol, right? And then we expect the headache to go away within minutes, an hour max. With the flower essences, if, if you decide to take flower essences, it means you have decided to deepen your healing journey with yourself because it's not, it's your, your melancholy, my melancholy is not going to go away by just taking a few drops of Borage Rose Yarrow flower essence. It actually means that I'm going to be taking it for a certain amount of time. I'm going to take a certain amount of drops at each day, uh, a couple of times a day. It also means that I'm going to include in my um, healing journey maybe some writing, maybe some movement work, you know, some stretching or some walking. It actually expands what you do because the flower essence in itself coupled with the other things that you do in your self-care practices, I feel like is what's going to bring you to a different place. I don't believe that one thing is a solution for everything, right? That's Western thought. That's Western medicine. You take the Tylenol, you're good to go. And which is actually not true because it's just dealing with a symptom. The flower essences deal with the actual cause, right? So if it's grief, that I'm carrying that and, and it's for my own story, right? It is grief that I'm carrying in my body and my heart. It's generational. It's past life grief. It's the fact that I come from a lineage of migrants, of folks that have had to move over and over and over again, crossing deserts, crossing waters. I carry this grief in my body and, and, and the flower essences help to kind of bridge this, longing for home, longing for place, longing for family. And I, I love that. You know, I absolutely um, am in love with the, the power of, of the essences um, that I'm learning. It, it heals deep emotional, psychological, physical, spiritual wounds, trauma that we carry um, from lifetimes. And this journey with, with this particular essence for you for grief, um, what did it look like? What, how long did you take the essence? Are you still taking it? And then what were some of the small breakthroughs that you began to see? It sounds to me, I totally agree that, um, the Western model is, um, uh, fix it in the moment, um, address the one problem or the one thing. Like if I have a headache, then I'll address the headache, right? Versus there's something spiritual happening. Maybe I'm completely exhausted. Maybe I'm overwhelmed or stressed. Um, maybe there's other emotional things happening or spiritual things happening or even physical things that I might not be aware of connected to the headache. And so it sounds like as most traditional medicine, this isn't like um, um, fix it right now, fix it all. Um 
but it's a process. Um, and that is how Chinese medicine sort of works. That is how other traditional um, herbs work as well. So I'm curious about your journey with, with grief and um, what that sort of process looked like um, with the flower essence and the small breakthroughs that you begun to see because you're talking also about some generational grief or intergenerational grief. Um, so rose is a flower that I'm deeply connected with in part because my grandmother, my mother's mother, grew roses when she had her own home. And I don't have a huge recollection of this, but the stories that I hear about my abuela is that she's really good at growing roses. And so when I came to Rose, um, actually when Rose came to, to me, um, it made complete sense. I was like, oh yeah, this is something that my abuela grew, you know. Rose connects us to our sense of trust. So that's number one for me is, is as a healer and as a, as a person who was raised um, as a cis woman, right, to be able to teach myself through the rose medicine how to set healthy boundaries, how to stay connected to my purpose, which is really difficult when you, you know, you're living in capitalist society where you're having to work and serve and do for others more than you do for yourself, right? So Rose connects me back to my heart. It heals the heart wounds. It teaches vulnerability to myself. So if I can't be vulnerable with myself, I can't be vulnerable with, with anybody, right? So that's, that's a part of my Rose story. Then we have Borage. Borage feeds and strengthens my own emotional resiliency. It helps to move grief, release it. Uh, grief is often connected to anger, right? As a organizer, as an activist, I have a ton of anger. As a person who grew up in East LA, knowing that all the concrete around me was not natural, knowing that the way that my community was over-policed is not natural, right? So the anger that I carry, the borage helps to move it, right? In a way that sort of like somatic, practices do, right? You you begin to learn where the stagnation is. And then the borage helped me to understand there's possibility to flow and move with the, gr with the grief, with the anger, that it doesn't have to stay stagnant. It doesn't have to build into a cancer or an ulcer. Um, the last thing I'll say about borage that I love is that it connects me to my courage, my voice, my throat, right? My speaking, my acting from my heart. And what I know my truth is. Lastly, then we have the yarrow. And the yarrow is, is asking me to create healthy boundaries where I'm connected to myself, but I'm not disconnected from other people. And that's hard, right? Sometimes we get hurt or we come from traumas that, that makes us feel we want to close to the world. Right? I wake up sometimes and I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't even want to open my window. I don't want to go outside. I don't, I don't want to get hurt, you know, and the yarrow is really like, hey, you can go out, <laughs> I'm with you, I'm your ally, I got you, you know, um, the yarrow is really giving myself permission to restore a sense of connection with other people that doesn't drain me, right, 
And that's really important as an activist, as an organizer, as a healer, as a person who's constantly giving, 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 I often feel drained. And so the Yarrow kind of helps me like keep myself together, um, keep my heart, you know, in place, but also extend a helping hand. So through my use of the Borage Rose Yarrow Essence, um, which I created um, maybe a couple of years ago, let's see, 20... 16, 2017, I brought this medicine together for myself, right? So in my healing practice, I never offer medicine to anybody that I haven't actually tried myself because I can't recommend it. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't say, hey, you should take rose when maybe I've never taken rose myself. So in my healing practice, I'm able to share my own story and then other folks' story that I work with, right? But not never something that is like outside of my experience. And I think that's, for me, it's like a powerful thing to be able to share my story. Stories heal, you know, when we extend our own heart to to the folks we work with, I feel like we make this uh, vulnerable, authentic connection with people. That sometimes in my my, um, therapy school, as I call it, you know, I learned quite the opposite, right? I learned to uh, not disconnect, but definitely like have a boundary, like this wall between a client and myself. And so working with the flowers is like the opposite. It's like, no, actually authentically connect to people. Tell them your, your story, share with them, because that's what's going to bring them healing too, um, to, to connect to another being, another spirit. And through the flowers, again, as our doulas, as our midwives, um, we can heal together. So I very much see my healing practice as a way of healing myself. It's not disconnected. I'm not healing anybody, to be honest. It's um, sometimes I'm a facilitator of, uh, or a guide, you know. Um, we create rituals together that that serve them right and it's i have a bunch of examples and here we can do this we can do that you can create an altar you could try this essence but it's all about all about them just like my own healing process has been for me i've had to be my own flower doctor i've had to be my own doctor in a sense and and it didn't come easy you know i've had relationships where i let somebody else be my doctor and then i realized you know after the shift after a what we call a breakup I prefer to call it a shift. I realized, oh my goodness, I totally let that person become my doctor. And so I got disconnected from my body. The flowers bring me back to myself, just like the earth does, right? Just like Queen said at some point, you know, years back, if you let the earth heal you, she will. And in your own healing, you're going to heal her. And it's this reciprocal relationship. You're both a flower essence maker and also to some degree do some spiritual guidance um, and we are reaffirming um, from what you're saying that the flower essence piece is one piece of people's overall sort of healing needs and components and that you know that there there is the importance of assessing where people are at what people are in need of what they're experiencing and figuring out ways in which the flowers can address some of it or a lot of it. And then also other ways in which that person, as in your experience, can also begin to address. Whether it's altars, whether it's 
consejería, whether it's prayer, whether it's meditation, but it's very similar to a lot of the other indigenous traditions where um, to some degree healing, the way that I think about it, it's like peeling an onion and there's these layers, both of like self-discovering, but also layers of like different ways in which we're like getting to the core of, of what's going to lead us to transformation. Um, and it sounds to me from what you're describing around flower essence is that there is something about the chemistry of the flower that ends up um, opening your, your, your body at the cellular level um, to possibility um, or creating these breakthroughs um, for more openness, for um, whether it's braving um, certain things, whether it's um, being more self-aware, whether it's literally rewiring your body in some ways to react um, differently. Um, and so that's a little bit of how I'm understanding it uh, from what you're, you're naming, which is very powerful. I'm also curious about what you've seen now that you have been on this journey as a healer yourself. Uh, you talked about some of the work that you're doing with folks outside the the jails, people who have lost their loved ones, people who are in deep, deep feelings of loss and grief and trauma. And you've done a combination of both the flower essence and some talk therapy. And so curious about some of the issues you've sort of addressed with folks and some of the transformations that you've seen. Brings me back to one of the healing justice principles that I work with um, at DPN. And just a, a quick shout out, we have a healing justice toolkit that's going to be published in February. And so we're going to be able to share this, this work and this medicine um, with more folks across the country and hopefully across the world as well. In the toolkit, you'll find a, uh, a list of principles. And just to give credit, um, both Mark Anthony Johnson and myself uh, created the, the principles that you'll find in this toolkit. One of the principles, the one I'll mention now, is justice should always address the whole person. We acknowledge that systems of power and oppression impact our minds, bodies, and spirits. Therefore, we have to address this impact on all three levels. So I wanted to bring that in because it's, it's a way that I'm able to bring the flower medicine that we're talking about and the politics of abolition that I work with on a daily basis, right? And so this principle kind of does that in this concise, beautiful way. We have to address the systems of power, the impact, right? The, the trauma, the, the grief, um, those feelings that come up, that stagnant emotions then become cancers. They become diabetes. They become uh, ulcers. They become migraines, right? So if we don't uh, heal what's happening emotionally, then we have really great impacts on on the body and and you know latinx folks um people of african descent uh all all plc folks you know we come from lineages where 
uh, our folks have been uh, disappeared, have been uh, massacred, you know, have been uh, enslaved in different ways. So it's really important that we address those intergenerational impacts on our bodies now. Um, so how we do this at DPN is, like I mentioned earlier, we have pop-up clinics outside of the jails. And we have been able to create medicine. We have a, a beautiful team of uh, volunteers. Uh, we call them the Building Resilience Team. And they meet monthly. We meet monthly and we create medicine that we give out the jails um, every time we have this freedom harvest. And so the medicine can look like teas, um, teas that address grief, right? So it has uh, medicinal uh, flowers, medicinal plants that address grief, for example. Uh, we, we make uh, salt baths that also have plants in them. These can be used in a bath. Like, a, you know, when you make your bath and you put your salt in there to help cleanse both on the physical and the spiritual level. Um, we create little ro roll-ons, aromatherapy roll-ons made with essential oils. Um, other things that we've given out are um, little pouches or bundles with herbs like lavender, all these um, healing uh, plantitas that help people build their resilience or feed their, feed their resilience. How I've seen this play out, um, other than folks are being, are, are very much um, grateful and humbled by the gift, you know, the, the wellness kit that we give out. Um, when I've done work with individual families that we work with, it's amazing. I am I'm floored. I'm humbled when I'm able to share, for example, like we had a rose um, workshop of sorts with the families recently watching these families use the plants in their own healing practices and then tell their stories, you know. I also have brought lemongrass because I have an abundance of lemongrass at, at my at the different gardens that I work with. And he was like, that smell, that smell reminds me of something. What is that? And I told him, oh, it's, uh, you know, lemongrass. And he was like, wow, that reminds me of when I was a youth. And then he goes into telling his story. And again, it's creating and building community and the plants are helping to facilitate that. This is, this is huge, you know, and in a place like Los Angeles, to be able to bring familias from all over the county um, who have that one commonality, and there's many commonalities, but one of the commonalities is that their loved one was killed at Wayside or at Twin Towers, right? And to be able to sit down and circle and talk about and drink tea, you know, to talk about their, their legal cases, right? Give each other feedback on the legal cases, check in on a heart, us all to tears, to be honest. You know, it was like, wow, this is the power of circle. This is the power of the plant medicine that we have present because the flowers are connected to spirit, you know, are it, it kind of like fed our spirit and and it was just a moment of like, wow, yes, this is why we do the work that we do. This is why bringing in these traditional medicines to folks that, you know, this is, this is common um, practices. We don't talk about it like, oh, yeah, I'm going to heal with flowers. That's not how I talked about it at home. But we were definitely healing with manzanilla.
just a moment of affirmation that we're doing the right thing, that we're, we're on the right path, you know, that we're healing these deep emotional, psychological, spiritual wounds. The power that plants and fruit and whole foods have is, is life force in that they are these things that are alive or that were alive and vibrant and that radiate life and that we radiate life as much as we've been wounded or hurt and that in us ingesting these plants and foods that are here to nurture and nourish our body that we're having an energy exchange and that it kind of makes me think of all those folks that have you know lost loved ones and who are might feel like life is leaking out of them as well this energy exchange the spiritual aspects and the life-giving aspects of being able to have this energy exchange with nature with each other and and that's life reinforcing and so really want to commend you for your powerful work both as a medicine maker as a really powerful queer healer and organizer in LA County and also for setting the example of what it looks like to do work with our community people to actually be able to blend your healing modality your healing skills your practice doing the work that's so desperately needed um, in our communities. And so for those people that are might be listening right now who are like, okay, so I'm so excited about actually taking flower essence, about including it in, in my sort of healing toolkit or in my healing journey. You as a medicine maker and somebody who's been through this journey, like where, what would you recommend to them of like where to start? First of all, Francisca, that was really beautiful. <laughs> the way that you so concisely brought this, you know, together. Thank you. I really appreciated that. In terms of like a first step, I would say go outside, you know, find the flowers near you. Um, there's always, uh, that's the thing about nature is that we always have access to it. So whether it's in your own garden or uh, outside your neighbor's, you know, garden, but we always have access, a park. Um, you even find flowers growing, you know, tiny little flowers in the grass, you know, so we always have access to flowers, access to plants. It's more difficult, of course, in, you know, I live in South Central, there's uh, a strategic, uh, you know, it won't feel like a strategic plan to like have less access to the earth and less access to plants. But I would say, yeah, go outside. Um, if you have an apartment and you know you have a little porch or you can have a plant inside of your home, that's another way to begin your 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 journey with the plantitas, with the flowers, or just visit them, you know, at uh, at a local arboretum or at the flower mart, you know, wherever you can. Medicine makers in every single city across you know the states, and so connect to those healers that are working with the the flower plants. And, um, yeah, just begin your, your own journey with them, your research. Uh, there's always uh, something to learn, uh, whether it's the color of the flower that, that kind of brings something out in you, or it's the smell of the flower. You know, historically, flowers have been used for everything from celebrations, like everything from weddings to uh, burials, you know, 
uh, celebration of life, you know, as um, as a Mexicana, right? I'm I'm a very uh, I'm very connected to the birth cycle, and and we use flowers, you know, throughout, you know, both all those three processes, whether we're um, dying physically or dying something in our in our psyches, right? Like my relation, the, the way. I was talking about my relationship with grief, taking essences. You can always um, contact me, uh, contact whether it's uh, Dignity on Par Now or at the, the Earth Lodge Center for Transformation in Long Beach. There's access. You know, it's not about spending money on these things. It's really just about reconnecting to the earth, reconnecting to the, the flowers near you. Well, we're going to make sure that we have your contact information in the description of this episode, as well as um, any sort of announcement for it, um, to make sure people can connect with you. The last thing um, that we want to ask you is for an offering, and the episodes with a cuento o leyenda, or a remedio. And so we have a medicine maker, a flower essence maker, and so we'd love for you to to, to give us an offering, humbly request to end the episode. And once again, thank you so much for your wisdom, for your lived experience, and for all that you shared today. We are really grateful, really blessed to have you um, as a healer, as a medicine woman, and also as an organizer who's doing this really powerful work and bringing it all together and, and as an example for so many other organizers and healers. Thank you, Francisca. Yes, as I was thinking about this cuento or, you know, remedy, I was thinking, oh, what do I want to share? And I want to share something about manzanilla, chamomile. Um, in the last year, 2018 was really the year of manzanilla for me. Uh, every year I choose a different plant, a different flower that I'm going to focus on and I'm really going to learn. That it's going to learn me. What I'll share that I didn't share earlier is that the, the plant itself learns us. Um, it's like in taking the sunrise. So imagine, you know, 5, 5.30 in the morning, the sun hasn't come up. You decide that you want to watch the sunrise. You step outside your home. Just imagine that darkness of the night. You see the stars. You're looking out maybe onto a desert landscape, wherever it is that you live, a city landscape, wherever it is. And you can't really see beyond a few feet in front of you because it's still dark, right? So you look over to the direction of the east and you see the first spark of light being burst once again by the sun. That breath that you take of relief, the day has come again, that you have yet another opportunity to rise to your potential. That's the medicine of chamomile. To know and trust that the sun rises in you todos los días, every single day. You can be your own sunrise. So for people who carry generational grief, for folks mourning loved ones killed by the state, like the families I work with at DPN, this flower medicine can be life-saving. That medicine that feeds our resilience, that we can yet live another day, right? That we can make a choice to stay here, to keep working, to keep luchando, right? For the better world, the, the, the world that our children deserve. This is the kind of medicine that we need. This is the, the flowers, the capacity that they, he, that they heal us in this depth. And for this, I'm both humbled, I'm in awe. And the manzanilla, you know, it's a, it's a small flower, and you see the golden in the middle and the little white petals. 
when you intake that flour, whether you decide to take a whole flour and you just you know chew it, you suck on it, or you take it in an essence form, which is the liquefied form I talked about, um, it's like waking yourself up to that sunrise. It's good for grief. It's good for folks that struggle with depression, sadness. If you don't want to get up one day, take a little bit of manzanilla. Grow manzanilla if you can. Because this is this will remind you that the darkness that you feel right now, that there is possibility for light. And that light lives within you. That sunrise is going to rise in you. Thank you so much, Guadalupe. Um, Thank you to your elders and your ancestors and to all the flowers and the plant medicine that you bring. Thank you for listening to La Cura Podcast. This podcast is hosted and produced by me, Francisca Pochas Coronado, engineered by Michael Soto, edited by Rafael Maya. Our music is by Rafael Maya. Please subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. Bye-bye.